Hello, everybody. Welcome to WRDG. We're going to take you up to the news already in progress. Strategies like vaccinating vulnerable to ongoing public health emergencies, polio, which began in 2014, and COVID-19, which started in 2020. Well, a group of U.S. House members met with Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky today in Kyiv. The American delegation was led by Adam Smith, chairman of the House Armed Services Committee. In a statement from Ukraine's presidential office, Zelensky noted the health of the United States in defense of his country against Russia's invasion. He also briefed the U.S. congressional group on recent missile strikes by Russia, in particular on the area around the port in Odessa. The U.S. delegation's visit follows the recent announcement of more military help for Ukraine, including launcher systems, shells, and unmanned aerial vehicles. Coming up, Mother Nature making a mess this afternoon in a quick-moving storm. We'll show you some of the aftermath. And the aftermath, uh, maybe for some things not great, but for others, how about those temperatures on a mid-July evening? And we're seeing many areas in the 70s. That's what the rain will do. Now, as we take a look outside right now at Pikeville, still some clouds and just leftover dampness. But showers moving out tonight. When is our next chance for rain? We've got plenty of them in the week ahead. We'll talk about it coming up. Everybody knows Joe Manchin cares about West. Okay, now we're back. John's feeding seed on Second Street. Got dog food, cat food, everything else. You can swap the cat off the calendar. They don't mind. John's feeding seed on Second Street. And we're going to check with our weather real quick. And, and we're going to check with Cortana. What's the weather in Portsmouth, Ohio? Right now in Portsmouth, it's 81 degrees and sunny. Tonight, the forecast is for a high of 83 and a low of 71 with isolated thunderstorms. Okay. We're going to check to see what the weather's going to be for Sunday. And Monday. What's I'm gonna ask her again. I'm trying. What's the weather for Sunday at Portsmouth, Ohio? Sunday in Portsmouth, it'll be partly cloudy with a high of 95 and a low of 74. Okay. I asked her again for Monday. What's the weather for Monday at Portsmouth, Ohio? Monday in Portsmouth, there'll be scattered thunderstorms with a high of 83 and a low of 67. Okay, we will accept that and and there's your news. I was able to squeak by. 
And Andy, on my way into there, saw those storms rolling through, darkened skies. It uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. You said that down the house. Yes, I did. You very said very windy. funny. Meeting. Yes, uh, gusty winds ahead of that and some heavy rain, but fortunately not very long lasting. If anything, it briefly interrupted any outdoor activities. It cooled us off. But of course, there were some trees down and some power outages that have resulted. At least now we have quieted things down that allows crews to get out there and hopefully quickly restore things. But the good news is those storms were well-timed for evening activities. We do look to stay quiet for the rest of the evening. So picnic with the pops, not a concern outside. It'll be cooler, but still rather humid. So maybe not the 70s like we would feel in the fall. But either way, staying quiet through the rest of the evening and not quite as hot. And we'll level out near 70, if not fall into the upper 60s overnight under a mostly clear sky. Tomorrow, we do not have a rain chance. So temperatures are going to continue heating up. Today, we made it to the low 90s, and then those storms came in. But we'll start the day upper 60s, near 70. Patchy fog as usual in those river valleys. And because it rained today, fog may be a little bit more widespread. Already near 90 at noon, mid-90s for the afternoon. Factor in the humidity, it feels closer to 100. Bit of a breeze tomorrow to maybe make it not feel so bad. But either way, this is going to be the peak of the heat over the next seven days. So any outdoor activities, it's a good time to head to the pool, splash park, those types of deals. And if you haven't do anything strenuous like yard work or, you know, your morning walk or jog, I should say just do it in the morning or earlier in the day so it's not as oppressive. Here's a look at our temperatures right now. Look at this map. 93 out in Lexington where we've seen no rain at all today. Even Cincinnati, a bit of rain earlier has recovered to 87, 84 in Portsmouth. But most of us sitting in the 70s even on this uh, July evening because of the rain that has pushed through our area. So right now the rain pretty much almost all gone out of our area. We're quieter behind it. We are seeing the last bit of the light showers in Pike County, Kentucky, and then Mingo and Logan County, southern portions of them anyway, into West Virginia. Severe storm just outside of our area in Knott County, Kentucky, just to the west of Floyd County, but perhaps a little bit of heavy rain in the extreme western portions of Floyd County. Rain's gone in Charleston, starting to see that sunshine come back out. Maybe just a couple sprinkles left over in the Montgomery area. So that storm complex that we saw today, guess what? It developed all the way back towards Chicago. I was watching these when I was on the air this morning. Here's that complex to develop, and it feeds on the hot and humid environment out ahead of it, so that's why we saw it, but behind it, uh, not quite as hot anymore, even though it is still humid. So for the rest of the evening, no concerns. Feature cast will show a random shower here popping up towards midnight. I'd say a 50-50 chance for this, but most of us staying quiet through the evening hours, really not looking too bad overall for evening plans. Tomorrow, no rain expected. We're hazy, hot, and humid, and we'll feel closer to 100 when you factor in the humidity. And then starting on Monday and all the way through the upcoming work week, we're going to deal with some showers and storms as we do see a potentially one round coming through during the Monday morning commute and then more storms developing in the heat of the day during the afternoon. And because of the repeated rounds of rain, we could be talking about a flood risk all of next week. So for tonight, we're quieting things down. A muggy night, upper 60s, patchy fog, mostly clear. Tomorrow, hazy, hot, and humid. Bit breezy, that'll make it feel maybe not as bad, but either way, be respecting the heat. And then over the next seven days, it's not about the heat anymore after tomorrow. It's all about the storms. Every single day has a rain chance. We'll see if we can fit in some dry time. But either way, the flood risk will remain elevated when you get repeated rounds of heavy rain like that. Uh, hard to determine exactly where and when it sets up. So we'll certainly keep our eyes out on that all week long. I know a lot of people are very worried about that because they're still dealing with some issues last week. Exactly. So. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Andy. Coming up, almost time for the TVT. We heard that in West Virginia began their quest for a full million. Sports is up next.
Okay, now we're back, and we'll be back at 8 o'clock, and, and, uh, and we're going to make sure you have your news, and, and, uh, And, uh, and that's all we got. And, uh, and, uh, we got plenty of time. And, and we're going to play little bit more country music and and we're going to uh, we're going to go something different for you and and we're Doing a John Fancy on Second Street. Got dog food, cat food, everything else. You can swap the cat off the calendar. They don't mind. John Fancy. Here's your music. The power of a smooth, clean shave in the palm of your hand. Its blades can fold perfectly to your head to ensure no nicks or cuts. All this in a smoothly shaven head in just 90 seconds. Be smooth with the pitbull skull shape. Hi, I'm Karen Lazari, security researcher and friendly hacker. I'm here today because I believe it's time to reimagine security. And I think we can do just that by actually learning from hackers. That's because hackers know how to adapt, evolve, and harness any new technology out there. I should know. For the past 25 years, I have been fascinated with the hackers world. It all started when I was a curious little girl who met her personal hero online. Her name, Angelina Jolie. What? What? I'm sorry. Uh, we're having a little bit. When she started in the technology, hackers can be heroes too. So I started learning everything I could about cybersecurity and building my own hacker skill set. Since then, I have dedicated my life to show the world what we can all learn from hackers. And the truth is, hacking has dramatically changed over the years. It is now faster, easier, and more impactful than ever before. Call when I was doing reverse engineering web pages me. back in the day, all I could do was get access to one web app maybe an entire server if I was lucky. Today, it's not about hacking one localized system or endpoint, or even downloading an entire database. 
With agility and automation at our side, hackers can now traverse digital frontiers that span millions of devices, clouds, and apps. We're talking about an exponentially growing attack surface that is ever expanding, like an entire digital universe. I've seen firsthand how sophisticated criminal gangs exploit one system to gain access into dozens of organizations. Then they wait for the right moment to target those companies. Hey, Jason, we get a chance. Give me a call. Can Let me now talk to you. A beaver, 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 call, folks. This is Ronnie. So, as hackers, when we explore a digital environment, we see many potential targets and opportunities, and the next starting point for our next line of attack. That is the threat landscape, and it is ever changing. Now, at the same time, most defensive approaches to implementing enterprise security have remained in the past. Defenders focus on a static perimeter, but from a hacker's point of view, that perimeter is gone. This is a change that has been happening for a while, and it was only accelerated by the COVID pandemic and the work from home trend. So now is the time to focus your defensive efforts wherever data and applications live, especially in hyper-virtualized, dynamic, multi-state computing resources and cloud environments. That's where the new perimeter is. And the incredible thing is that we all have an opportunity right now to completely rethink security and build dynamic security capabilities into the fabric of cloud environments. Paradigms like the zero trust model are all about gaining consistent control and visibility in the cloud, not losing it. That is exactly where I see future forward organizations and security teams going with their security strategy. I believe security is an ongoing journey. It's not a static destination. So the security tools you have need to be dynamic as well to match the changing world around us. It's time for you to adapt and evolve, just like the hackers do all the time. You can't remain static. We need to build the same kind of capacity for change into our infrastructure to match the agility of hackers. And it's all within our grasp. Today, you'll learn from experts at VMware and other leading organizations about how you can transform your security strategy. Whatever you decide to do with that knowledge, I hope you embrace security as a foundation for our shared digital future. Stay safe and enjoy the briefing. Welcome and thank you for joining us. We know that security is a top of mind concern for you and for good reason. As Karen explained, the threat landscape is rapidly evolving. In a commissioned study conducted by Forrester Consulting on behalf of VMware in 2022, Respondents rank security or data privacy as their top cloud-related challenge, with 64% citing security risk as extremely challenging or very challenging. That's why we're here today. Security, of course, is not a new topic. What is new is the explosive growth of multi-cloud environments. And while multi-cloud offers enormous advantages, it also adds new complexity. That's why VMware created cross-cloud services, a portfolio of cloud-added services to build, manage, and secure your apps across any cloud. Security is particularly complex in a multi-cloud environment. 
If security in apps and infrastructure is hard enough in one cloud, imagine the challenge when you have several. The Forrester study found that 94% of organizations rank implementing a consistent security posture across multiple cloud as the number one priority for the cross strategy in 2022. Number one priority. And the problem is compounded with the increasing number of apps being deployed in the cloud, which are typically built with microservices that access hundreds of applications and APIs. It's compounded even further by so many users now working hybrid models across multiple devices. That is a lot of surface to defend. And as you know, there are dozens of great software companies that have risen to the challenge of helping you mitigate security risks, primarily with point solutions that tackle one specific aspect of security. And some do it well. But VMware's approach to security is different. Combating the latest generation of threats, such as ransomware attacks, requires a combination of visibility and context that VMware is in a unique position to offer. For more on this, here's my colleague, Tom Gillis. Hey everybody, this is Tom. I'm the general manager for the Network and Advanced Security Business Group at VMware. For decades, the industry has really thought about security as living in two primary places, the endpoint and the primary. So many customers will think, I have an EDR solution, I got a next-gen firewall, I'm good, right? Well, ransomware and the rise of state-sponsored uh, cyber attacks have shown us that that is no longer the case. In fact, I'll argue that the frequency and severity of security attacks have gone up substantially in the past few years. So, so thinking of security in those two places is clearly not enough. We really need to think of a third leg of the stool, which is security needs to live what I call in the middle. And this is a term I'm using, lateral security. So we need to be able to understand how a user logs into an application, and then how does that application move with its inner workings? What are the dependencies? What are the piece parts that talk to each other? If we can understand the context of how an application is supposed to behave, it allows us to understand, is this real application behavior, or is this a ransomware attack that's trying to mimic application behavior? And so to help us figure out friend from foe, to figure out real application behavior versus anomalous attacks, VMware has introduced a global threat database that we call Contexa. Contexa allows us to gather telemetry from our endpoint devices, from our EDR solution that understands how users are behaving, from our uh, ingress point, whether it's our SASE access points or a web app firewall, and through the east-west movement that we see in the data center all the way to the data itself with our data security products. VMware is unique in the industry in that we have the broadest view across all of this behavior and applying advanced analytics to the telemetry that we get from Contexa allows us to figure out, is this the normal behavior that we expect from an application or is this ransomware? As Tom explained, we've built the threat intelligence capabilities that provides an end-to-end -end view of user behavior and devices they're using the networks they're traversing, and what's happening inside applications, and how those applications interact with data. This visibility enables you to achieve a stronger, consistent security posture across your multi-cloud estate, helping you prevent and remediate attacks, not just at the perimeter and the endpoint, but laterally, spanning everything in between. The bottom line, VMware sees what others don't, and therefore can help stop threats that other can't. Later in this briefing, 
we'll show you how VMware solution can help you secure the inner workings of modern applications and VM-based applications, as well as help you build a solid lateral security defense. You also hear from security thought leaders at Booz Allen Hamilton and the Sense Institute. But first, let's hear from a customer about how they're addressing security challenges in a multi-cloud world. Hi, I'm Sharbel Shalala from VMware Security Business Unit Leader uh, for Latin America. I'm based in Brazil, and today we have Nicolas with us, the CIO from LIC, that is in Palo Alto today in our VMware studio to talk to us. Nicolas, thank you to join us. And uh, first of all, tell me a little bit about LIC and about you and your role as a CIO to this company. LIC have been in the market for more than 20, around 20 years. We have around 28,000 uh, employees. We work uh, mainly with the CRM business, so at, with the contact center. Right now, uh, I'm responsible to make sure that we, the, the IT department, bring all the, the new technology to help the business to grow up, to different themselves from the other competitors. Let's talk about your IT environment, Nikos. You've been moving uh, a lot of your environment from on-premise to cloud. Uh, what factors led you to do that? Last year, we took the decision to move to, to the cloud. Most of our infrastructure, we still have few uh, infrastructure on, on, in our on-premise environment. But with the help of uh, Google and uh, VMware, we managed to move most of our uh, environment to the cloud. What we guide us to do this was, of, of course, cost. Uh, so we were about to do a reinvestment in our on-premise environments and also to take the advantage from what the cloud offered best for, for, for us. That is basically to be able to grow as fast as we want and take advantage of uh, cloud uh, technologies like APIs. So let's talk about security specifically. You recently began to implement several VMware security solutions. Uh, would you let uh, what led you to do that, Nicholas? In the commercial side and the, the relation with our clients is very, very important that we make sure that no data leaks from our infrastructure, that that somehow we make sure that nobody are able to to copy or to extract uh, the data that, that the our client trust us to share with us the, the, the information. This is very important for ourselves. We are very concerned with uh, what we saw the last year, the several cases of handsome invasions that we have in, in our clients and, and our competitors. Carbon Black was the, the obvious choice when we start to look. So we took the decision to implement Carbon Black and like uh, our previous uh, experience with uh, VMware, when we move all our, our on-premise environment to the cloud, uh, VMware helped us in the implementation, and we were able to implement the solution in our less than around 11,000 endpoints in three or four weeks. And right now we are uh, we are working on some other technologies to make sure that we also protect the data and the applications that we have running in our infrastructure. 
we, we talked about cloud and the challenges about the cloud. How you are seeing right now, how to make security when you use this kind of architecture, multi-cloud architecture or cloud environment or, or uh, still having the hybrid uh, environment using on-premises and cloud, but especially for multi-cloud. For you, what is the big challenge to provide security for this kind of environment? I think it's a very good question. Obviously, we try to to, keep, to take advantage for what each cloud offers, the best of each cloud. And and we work right now with the, with three of the biggest uh, public cloud companies, and plus our uh, on-premise environment. So it's to find a way to have a centralized way to see if all those different pieces of the of the environment or of our network is safe. It's up to date with all the security that is required, the best practice we are using every single endpoints or every single uh, cloud. So I think that uh, be able to see all the security layers or all the security uh, configurations to have an ability to see in a centralized way, I think this is the main challenge. Because, I mean, we know that this uh, problem, problems happen when you have, when you forgets very small piece of the of the environment of our network. Also, we need to protect from, from inside also. Uh, so it's possible to have people that for some reason want to explore our data in a way that we, we cannot allow to happen. What advice would you give uh, to other companies or to other CIOs? We can never believe that we are 100% protected. So we need to be humble enough to see what's going on, what's new. Uh, we need to talk a lot with our partners, the MY Google and some other partners. There is always something that can be done better or more than can be done to make sure that we have a secure uh, infrastructure and we are able to secure the data that run into our service. Perfect. Thank you so much, Nicholas. I appreciate our conversation. I hope to see you soon. We are remotely by now, but I hope to see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Implementing an effective security posture requires a combination of strategic planning and technical skills. And there's a lot to consider, especially in a multi-cloud world. This is where VMware's network of partners can help. Their security expertise can help reduce the implementation risk while accelerating your time to value. In our next segment, one of our partners, Booz Allen Allenton, will share their insight from having worked with hundreds of clients on their security initiative. Hi, everybody. My name is Chris Kuhl from VMware, and I'm joined by Thor Draper from Booz Allen today. Welcome to the show, Thor. Uh, let's jump right in. Obviously, Booz Allen works a lot with both federal and commercial clients. And uh, I'm just wondering, what do you see as their key security problems and challenges? Yeah, thank you, Chris. Uh, yeah, there's quite a few uh, problems out there today. You know, users are basically uh, going, or customers are out there basically connecting to the cloud for a variety of reasons, uh, looking at developers, looking at utilizing uh, the cloud native applications. And as a result, uh, security becomes one of their biggest challenges. There's a lot of traditional mindset of on-prem uh, that, you know, when you go into the cloud, that seems to uh, follow 
uh, many of the implementations. Do you see differences in the challenges that people face when they have to uh, move to multiple clouds compared to a single one? Yes, absolutely. I mean, one of the key challenges when you do the multi-cloud is that uh, there's different security postures that exist within each one's or security control. So how do you get all that telemetry? How do you synchronize your security posture between the multiple vendors that are out there? That is definitely a, a challenge and we do see clients struggling with that in uh, many cases. So, you know, we've, we've tried to kind of work with them to give a better and quicker way for them to analyze their security posture and maintain visibility into those environments that when any changes happen, they can uh, react. Of course, we like Zero Trust a lot. I know who's Ellen and you do as well. Uh, maybe you can briefly define Zero Trust because there are different definitions around and then tell us a little bit of where you see uh, challenges in implementing a Zero Trust uh, in, in a cloud or an organization. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the biggest, uh, well, the big def definition is, you know, it's really what the NIST and CISA put out there around the uh, five pillar model. Boost has a eight pillar model that what, what we really look at. One of the key reasons we have analytics and, and, and the monitoring aspect of it and the automation of orchestration pieces, right? These are two critical components to making Zero Trust actually work. Our clients are, are struggling with understanding how to do this. Uh, we have some clients that have been on this journey for two years, and in that two-year time frame, they've done quite a bit of good work. However, they've not achieved Zero Trust, primarily because the organizations still behave much like traditional IT organizations. And that includes even in the cloud, even makes the, the, the dimension even harder. But uh, looking at people, process technologies, you know, there's confusion on the technology side, there is people, challenges, and culture, uh, you know, and obviously the processes are, are uh, in many cases, very legacy. So we, we work with them to kind of understand and develop a, a way to uh, 